Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. What is going on, Poppy? What's up, dude? How's it going? Dude, it's good. It's a Tuesday it here in the lab for us. It is a Tuesday. We're uh, going with a little bit of a different approach here. Um, trying uh, trying something out a little bit. And um, this might be the new norm for the PHSL. We're not 100% sure yet. <laughs> yeah, we're just giving something a shot here. So uh, this, is, this, is, this has been something that Holman and I have been discussing for a little while now. Um, Aligning the schedules was the most difficult part. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah. Getting the schedules aligned was definitely the was de- like you said the 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 challenging aspect of trying to. Ultimately, our goal was to do two episodes a week. Um, but when I get off work, you're going sleepy buys. Get a little nap in before work. Right, 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 right. So now Tuesdays works out better. Um, so here we are, the first ever. Tuesday episode of the Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. Yeah, we can't say not Friday because we've done a few on like a Thursday. Right, right, of course. And we we might fuck around and do one Saturday morning or Friday. I, I mean, I, it might still be Friday. Yeah, I think we. I, I think Friday should, is what we should shoot for. But this weekend we will be coming to you live. Uh, our, our own little version of College Game Day. Yeah, dude, we're gonna be uh, in an Airbnb in Morgantown, from, West Virginia. Morgantown, West Virginia. Yep, for. I know, I know damn well. My so it's my first actual college football game. I've been to the spring blue and white game for Penn State before. Oh, that was when I I don't even uh, I think it was like thirteen when I went there. I went, I went with with a friend from school. Okay. Um, so this is like my first actual college football game. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia versus Oklahoma. My boy's school. I'm hoping the fans of West Virginia are 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 nice and and warm and welcoming and not saying a bunch of rude things to us well see the thing is like i expect like rude things to be said but like i know like you and i are going to come correct we're not like we're not going to be loud obnoxious we're not going to be instigating shit. we're not gonna be jackasses right i have no dog in the fight i don't care if west virginia wins i don't care if oklahoma wins <laughs> yeah you could get two shits right but i know you do i'm repping ou for you appreciate it got you much appreciated so of course i'm going to like anytime something happens something good happens for Oklahoma. I mean, I always keep up with them just because I know you do as well. Right. So, like, if something happens, I can be like, hey, did you, like, what do you think about this? You're right, right, right. Just so I can always stay tapped in. Tap, tap, tap in. <laughs> <laughs> tap, tap, tap in. Um, but, yeah, this Saturday, West Virginia versus Oklahoma. We will be there. Be there, be square, even though most of you won't be. Yeah, I can't imagine that most of you guys are going to be there, although if you are. Hit us up. Yeah, just let us know. I wonder where college game day is actually going to be. I've been alluding to it. I really, really just want them to be there. I don't think it's going to happen. We have activated Charlie Colaire from injured reserve. That's kind of sick. Uh, probably be at Ole Miss and Bama. Yeah, I mean, if I had to make a, if I had to make a a pick, I think it would have to be in there. Uh, maybe Tulane, UCF. Uh, Wake Forest or North Carolina? It's gonna be TCU in Texas. 
Week 11. Really? Week 11. 9 and 0 TCU is headed to, into the big road, into a big road test as the Horn Frogs look to continue their perfect streak. That's, huh. that's the pin tweet. Week 11, Austin. The little, little pin mark on it. I'm not too bad about that. That's, that's okay. So I, I, that from the looks of that, they're gonna be in. Uh, they're gonna be at the TCU and Texas game. We're at the wrong. We are at the wrong Big Twelve game. Yeah, I mean we're closer being at a Big Twelve game. For dude, just for one one game, one game, I want to go where College Game Day is. I want to see Pat McAfee live and in person. Dude, but how do you think it feels? So I'm a Maryland fan. They ain't never coming to Maryland. Well, if Maryland ever gets right. I mean, I mean, dude, they're having a hell of a season this they're, year. They're but, trending up. They're getting yeah. better. Um, but they got to get right. Right. And then I'm also, so of course, also, I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan, but I mean. That's a, that's a bit of a travel. Like, and, and even so, like, I would be willing to travel to Columbus to go see a football game at Ohio State. That's not a, that's not an issue. Yeah. But the problem is that tickets at Ohio State are so expensive. Because they're good. It, exactly. Because they, because they are not one of the marquee schools. They are the marquee school really on the east coast for sure could you really count them as an east coast school ohio ohio is an east coast state what's the difference between them and bama well, bama's the south bama's south clemson i mean they're east coast but they're i, I don't think i don't think clemson holds a candle to ohio state that's me though i'm just i'm just throwing out names georgia I would consider them South. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're pulling straws here because like they're both still East, Northeast. How about that? I'll give you that one. More acceptable. I was gonna say we can't break it up into. I mean, if we're breaking it up into quadrants, then then maybe. Right. But we either gotta we gotta pick whether we're, we're going East and West or we're going North and South. North Northeast. How about that? Northeast. I'm fine with that. North, northeast. North, northeast. Yeah, it's like right in the middle of northeast and north. West, southeast. West, west, northeast. Is that hut? <laughs> East, west, Shrine Bowl. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to give you guys a little bit of a, uh, a little Tuesday episode here. It's going to be primarily NFL and college football here because uh, week nine of the NFL season just wrapped up last night. Um, college football playoff rankings. The second ones are coming out tonight, so we're going to give you our thoughts on the uh, the games that just happened over the weekend and what we think the rankings are going to be, or maybe what they should be. Yeah. Um. So of course, I, our whole our whole motivation behind this is is that we've it's no stranger, and especially with the last few episodes, the NFL and college football dominate the episode. It's what you guys want to hear too. That is that is that is what what you guys do want to hear. That is, that is very evident. More and more so NFL than college, just because I know a lot of you are more tuned in with the NFL than you are with college football. College football is hard to keep up with. It is. It's it's, re- a, it's like, a revolving door. It's really really hard to keep up with. Um, like you you don't get you don't get like household names like because they're gone in two or three years. Right. Like I've all I've always been interested in it. I've like the recruiting process. I've always kept up with like, like the who's who of college football. I always keep up with that. It makes the draft more fun too. It does. Yeah. Like, like, like with, with you and I knowing so much about college football, the players, how teams are shaken up, how recruiting shaken up. Maybe like I know more, I'm more tapped in tapped in is like the wrong term, but I, I, Pay attention more to recruiting than I know than you do. Yeah, yeah. Recruiting is definitely not the 
the biggest interest when it comes to college football. I wish I was. It's a lot. That's even more work. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of work because there's, there's commitments, there's decommits, there's, you know, just kind of like verbal commits, then there's like actual commits, then there's like there's like four different like signing days and committing days and like right, right, right. There, there's just a ton that goes into it and now it's even more detailed with the nil deals that are going on right so so really really to sum it all up the nfl and college football they really dominate a lot of the episodes here for um and and they're and they're going to really until the super bowl happens and the college football playoff happens so our motivation is we're gonna like Give you like a, a recap of what happened over the over the weekend and everything like that. Give you our two cents on on how everything played out, and then come Friday, normal episode time, that'll give us like a preview. We can talk about other sports like basketball, like baseball, even though baseball descended. Um, hockey, sh- hockey starting up. Yeah, hockey, hockey also. Um, I'm not gonna give a shit. I'm not gonna give a shout out to the team, but I will give a shout out to Trey Mancini for winning the World Series. Yeah, shout out Trey. Good for him. But you know, I, I will I will say this, even though this is gonna be more of a football oriented episode at this point now i think them winning them being the houston astros winning the world series i think now the whole jokes like yeah i'm still not happy about the fact that they cheated but they've sustained success and now they've managed to do it again yeah i'm not happy about it did like like now is one of those things where and now here we are talking about fucking baseball um (laughs) what are we doing to ourselves i don't know but it's it, this is that's one of those things where when the suspensions and everything like that were handed down everybody said oh it provided no competitive advantage and everybody's like well what, how how can you even say that but now if you really think about it <laughs> what they've done is sustained yeah i guess it's kind of similar to like what i was talking about when we were talking about the home run king right like it's like yeah they were using uh performance enhancing drugs they were using steroids so they could hit the ball further and to that degree, like, yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you still have to put the bat on the ball. Right. So it's like, sure, they knew that the fastball was coming, or sure, they knew the slider was coming, whatever. You still have to hit the ball. Yep. And it's tough. Uh, so maybe to that degree, maybe we, maybe it's not as big of a deal as everybody made it. Because we've seen it. We've seen life after. And life after is still very successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did I just did we just have like a growth moment? Like, did we just grow up a little bit? I mean, sure. I don't know. Just I mean, to, you know. I mean, growing up, growing up for me was no longer hating Tom Brady and actually appreciating it for what he actually is. Yeah. Growing up for growing up for me is still hating Steph Curry, but I appreciate what he's doing for the game. I do. I always compare those two. I always compare Steph Curry to Tom Brady. Like, I hated Tom Brady because he always beat the Ravens. But then I like grew up and I appreciated his greatness and the fact that we're not going to see someone as dominant yeah. as him ever again. Granted, I'll be honest, Patrick Mahomes has given it a hell of a shot. My man's has been to two Super Bowls already, won one. He's been to three straight AFC championship games. Patrick Mahomes has given it a hell of a shot. But I think I'm always going to dislike Patrick Mahomes, though. Because of his wife and brother? Yeah, specifically his brother. But you know, have but, you noticed you haven't heard a single lick about either one of them this season? Yeah, because he probably told he probably told him to cool it the fuck out. Haven't haven't heard an ounce, dude, on a podcast. Even Tyree kills like like somebody was at, somebody asked Tyree. I forget what podcast it is, but they asked was it his podcast. Uh it may have been. I don't know. Um, all I remember is just the clip itself. He was asked, "Would you spend one room, one hour, 
in a room with Jackson Mahomes. He's like, nope, stop it there. Interest no. Yeah, I don't blame him. But the but what they were asking him was, would you would you spend one hour in a room with Jackson Mahomes to win another Super Bowl for the Chiefs? And he's like, no, we don't have to take that L. Nope, nope, I won't do it. Yeah, I don't blame him. No, Jackson Mahomes is. Not in the media right now, and I couldn't be more happy about it. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely really had no business being in the media whatsoever. I decided to keep this episode positive and just say something nice, right? And say that he's just not media. Decided to keep it positive, right? I mean, I I mean, but honestly, you know, Patrick Mahomes probably said to both of them, he's like, "Hey, look, like I like you guys can be at the game. I appreciate you being there. I mean, I mean, who doesn't want family like watching them play? You know, yeah, what I'm and saying? supporting them, sure. But like then again, at the same time, like your antics on the sideline have became the, the storyline. Yeah, not the fact that Patrick Mahomes threw for 400 yards on 58 passes attempts. Right. They're going to talk. That's, which that's a lot, but anyway. <laughs> Do you know what's uh, damn near the record? That's yeah. the most pass attempts thrown in a game since we've been alive. Yeah. The record was set in 94. Well, you've been alive. Nope. Close. I was born in 95. Close. <laughs> since we've been alive, that's the most pass attempts thrown in the game. Um, which is crazy. Yeah. 58 is a lot. That's a lot of times to throw the ball, but yeah, I mean, like, like, Brit, like Brittany Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, what they would do on the sideline would take away from what, ultimately, the reason why they're even there. Yeah, Patrick could, on the field, he could throw for three fifty and four touchdowns with like eight incompletions, and like all that the media is going to care about is like Jackson Mahomes throwing a water bottle at a fan. Right. It's like, well, that's. That shouldn't be the important part. No. So it is. Uh, I'm kind of happy for Patrick Mahomes in that in that sense. You look like you're about to break news over there. You let her break wind. I don't know what's happening. No, no. I just got a text message. It was something, <laughs> just something funny. Um, steps at me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just like I just like what she sent me. I just like read it over again in my head, and it just made me laugh. People, that just made me laugh out loud. Oh, that's so nice. Shut up. No, no, no. I'm talking about this tweet. There's a uh, there's a kid from uh, Mississippi who is a very huge Lamar Jackson fan. Mm. Um, he's a heart condition. He met Lamar Jackson, and uh, the kid like ran up and gave him a hug and is like crying and just won't let go of him. That's awesome. And Lamar Lamar Jackson's just like he's just like happy. Like he's like ah, oh, my heart's so heart's so happy and full. Lamar is man of the people though. He's a man of the people. Yeah. Um. You know, I will say so. So, of course, the Ravens Ravens played last night against the against the Saints. Yes, they did. Um, I didn't get to watch. I watched maybe five plays total. I watched the whole game because I was I was I was sleep I was sleeping before work. Yes, you were. Um, like if it was if it was a if it was like a more competitive game, I probably would have watched it. But the fact that it was only it was only the Saints, <laughs> it was only the Saints. I wasn't overly concerned about it. But anyway, um. Based on some of the, um, like the clips that I've seen, um, dude, they were cheering harder for like the the crowd was louder for the Ravens when they were doing something well as opposed to than what it was for the Saints. I tell you what, those Saints fans get loud on third down though. Yes, they do. Good. Yes, Lord. they do. Yeah, I I didn't even watch the game and I could I could have told you that. Yeah, I think they're like top three loudest stadium in the league. I think um, it's I think it's them, Seattle, and Kansas City. You know, it's really the way it's really the way that their stadium is so desi- is de- is designed. You're right. Super like being in the dome, having fans as crazy as them. Because I mean, 
Like they were boozing for thirty six hours before that game started. Right, right. Like, like, like that whole like that whole city just like drinks throughout the week. Yeah, like people are taking two days of PTO. They're taking off on Monday. They're taking off on Tuesday. Right. Like they're taking off on Monday because they're like, I'm drinking on Sunday. I'm gonna drink all the way through Monday. I'm gonna puke and rally like four times before the game even fucking starts. Right. Taking Tuesday off because I gotta bounce back. Bingo. Wednesday they're still a little hungover, but they can function. Right. Um. Wild people down there. Hell yeah. of a time though, dude. Oh, holy yeah, holy I, hell, is New Orleans a lot of fun. I haven't been, but you have. I really, yeah, I really a lot of fun to. down there. Um. But you know the Ravens did get the win last night, twenty-seven to thirteen. This game really wasn't close. No, no. I mean, I mean the score was a, the score was a lot, um, was a lot closer than what the game indicated. I mean, I, I was I was talking I was talking to you about this earlier this morning. Very, I mean, very briefly. It should have been a, a three touchdown win. Yeah, it it really should have. Um, you know, based based on just a yardage discrepancy alone. I mean, the Ravens defense really owned this game. Andy Dalton had a QBR of twenty four point five. Yeah, and I mean the only thing that really saved him was that long touchdown that, I mean, shouldn't have happened, but I understand why it did. Yeah, I think he was. I, I think he technically did stay in bounds. I think it was a good call by the ref. Let it play. If you're unsure, let it play. You can always go back and, and exactly, overturn it. exactly. But Chuck Clark, dude, you can't just sit there and point. Right. You didn't hear a whistle. You got to play football. Yeah, so I mean outside of outside of that um you know the Ravens defense really really dominated this game. Justin Houston. Specifically Justin Houston. Just I mean Justin Houston continues just to defy the defy father time. Now at this point, he's second in the league in sacks at eight and a half. Eight and a half sacks. He picked off a pass last night, and not to mention he's only he's done it in five games. And last night he had two and a half sacks and an interception on twenty seven snaps played. That's just insanity. Like like that like that efficiency rate is so damn high. Yeah, dude, he was playing out of his mind. Yeah, the Raven, the Ravens had uh, four sacks last night. Yeah, I mean you and you and I did you and I did talk about it. Um, early in the season that um you know whenever the ravens do have more than one sack um the likelihood of them winning exponentially goes through the roof yeah um of course i mean the one the one time where we had more than one sack in a game and we did not win was against the bills no it wasn't no it was against um the giants the giants yeah yes we had three sacks against the giants we still lost yeah. But, that, but Justin Houston had two and a half last night. Clay's Campbell had the other half of that sack. And then Marlon Humphrey. Had a... And then Marlon Humphrey had came screaming off the edge on a corner blitz. You know, it's funny. Like every time he gets a sack, like like I've seen his like podcast that he does in the off season. Yeah, enough times. Like in the introduction, there's just a clip of him like screaming, running across the field. Like he like ran away from Andy Dalton with his head back, and I just knew he was like yelling his ass off for no reason. <laughs> Marlon Humphrey is just an absolute guy. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marlon Humphrey's definitely, definitely a hell of a character in the NFL, and I'm very, very happy he plays for our team. Yes, because yes, he's a character. Yes, he's like it's easy, it's easy to like his personality, but God, I would hate playing against him, man. He's a, he's a very physical corner, um, and he also uh, he's got to be 
maybe still second, if not first in the league, in most coverage snaps played without giving up a touchdown. Yeah, he's he's in, he's insane, man. I mean, he, he's so he's so physical and he's so good at tackling as well. Yeah, he does get a little handsy sometimes, and it bites him in the ass sometimes. But more often than not, it does pay off really, really well for him. But I mean, that's also what you get when you when you have a phys- when you are a physical corner, right? I mean, the same thing that we we talk about uh, Marcus Peters on, right? Little ball hawk, very aggressive. He's going to try to undercut some routes. Sometimes you're going to get burnt on a double move, right? It's going right. to happen. You got and- you got a handsy corner, a little physical. Sometimes he's going to get called for it. And ultimately, having somebody on the back end, when we do get Marcus Williams back, having him on the back end to help to alleviate that pressure, like Marcus Peters, like we can say Marcus Peters, you can take risks now because we have this guy behind you. Yeah. Even I mean, even Chuck Clark, I mean, I mean, for all I mean, for all his flaws and, and you and I can both admit his flaws when he's like. Like when Marcus Peters is in his bag and he just wants to say, all right, I'm going to undercut routes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start taking the fucking chances. Literally, all you have to do is have a, sa- a safety shade to that side, and as long as it's not like an incredibly deep fucking pass where we have no chance of getting it, then it's going to be okay. Because one thing about Chuck Clark is he is he is a pretty sure tackler, so it's not going to get completely blown out of the water. You he's know? not he's not hateful in coverage either. He actually had a good pass breakup last night that got called for a DPI, which was a little bit of a BS DPI call. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see it, so I can't. I can't. I. I really can't say what the ball popped up in the air. Kyle Hamilton actually intercepted it and ran it back to like the 15 yard line, but it all came back because they were like, oh, it's defensive pass interference. I'm like, that was a good play. Yeah. That wasn't really DPI. Like the ball like hit his hands and then Kyle Hamilton like hit his arms. They're like, that's defensive pass interference. I'm like, no. well, you took the ball first, so no, it's not. Right. And I'm like, no. No, that's not DPI. Right. But whatever. Ravens still won. Is what it is. Roquan Smith, the big uh, trade. Um, he had two tackles last night. Um, two solo tackles, five total tackles. Um, he had uh, he had one series where uh, he met Alvin Kamara in the hole. And he I saw he cracked him. him. He cracked, cracked him. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I, I was mean, like, I'm so happy he's on our side now. Yeah. I mean,. Like, that was on second down. Like any like any of our other linebackers in the past, they like they would have gotten cracked by Alvin Kamara and they would have gotten driven back. They would have made the tackle, but they would have gotten driven back. But he met Alvin Kamara right there in the hole, and Alvin Kamara did not move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, that was that was good. That was a good second down uh, tackle. And then on third down, Roquan Smith was actually in on that tackle as well. Yeah, and for and forced him off the field on that. And I'm like, you know what? That's why we go get him. That's why you go get a guy like Roquan Smith. You know, I mean, for the guy, I mean, he was the he was the leading tackler in the NFL, averaging about 10, 10 a game. He had five in his first game with the Ravens on three days pra- on only three days practice. He's about to practice all. He's about to have an entire week of learning the playbook, and then another entire whole week of practice. So, you know, heading heading into next week for the Ravens, Roquan Smith, he's going to be. And we play the Panthers. Pan- I mean. He's still only two tackles behind Jordan Brooks for the league lead. Right, right. He's, he's still tied for second. Yeah, I was, I was, I was literally just looking at that, looking at that right now. Um, you know, he's he's still tied. He's still tied for second place in the lead lead for tackles. He's at eighty-eight. Um, so, you know, in all honesty, I don't need him to be the. I don't need him to end the season as the leading tackler in the NFL in order for me to say this is a successful acquisition for him. What I need is just for him to make a difference, a noticeable difference on the defense, which after one game, it's tough to say if he made a noticeable difference on the defense, but I think he definitely did make a difference on the defense. I mean, New Orleans only had 48 rushing yards. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, New Orleans doesn't really have the best offensive line in the league to begin with. Um, their strength is definitely their defense. Yes. Um, which we ran for 188 yards on. Yeah, and and you know, from from the perspective of the Ravens, you know, that should be something that's very very encouraging if you if for for you all you Ravens fans is that this defense is so. It, I mean, I I'll be I'll be the first one to say it. You know, it is a very, very talented defense there in New Orleans. They have a lot of very good pieces. They play very, very well together. It's a very well-coached group. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Marcus May, Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew. Um, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan. Uh, Marcus Davenport. They have, I mean, they, Mar- uh, Marshawn Lattimore. He, I don't think he was in last night. I think I mean, he was e- out. E- but... even, even still, you know, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have uh, Pete Warner as well, who's a, who's a really good cover- coverage linebacker as well. They sure do. Um you know the fact that we were able to move the ball so willingly against them. You know it's it's a very encouraging sign. Yes, we weren't able to you know finish off some of those plays, but you know I don't really think that's as huge a deal as um as some others might think. Um, you know of course we, of course Bateman's Bateman's gonna be out the rest of the year, so that's just the name that we're gonna stop. That we're gonna stop saying, well, if 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 we had him, well, we're not going to. So it's okay. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Um. But you know, Mark Andrews was out. Gus Edwards is out, and J.K. Dobbins is all still out. Um. I mean, Kenny Drake had a hell of a day running the ball. He had two touchdowns and ninety plus yards rushing. Um. But you know, we weren't able to finish off some of those drives like we like we would if we had Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he's he's such a threat in the red zone. I mean, everybody was kind of queuing on <clears throat> Isaiah Likely, um, who did have one catch for twenty four yards on a dot by Lamar Jackson yeah um it was good it was very good throw it was like that was a very very well designed play yes that was incredibly well designed Lamar Lamar rolled out to his right in what looked like a QB power but it was kind of like it was kind of like a quarterback RPO it it was yeah it was it was a designed move the pocket kind of play and then like of course with Lamar Jackson if the option's there to run like if if, he's gonna take it if he sees it he, he sees he's got four blockers and there's only three defenders yeah, Lamar's going. Right. Legitimately, if Lamar had three blockers and there's five defenders, Lamar could probably still get 10 yards. Yeah. And, I mean, really go- really going back to last night as well, um, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't really have, like, the most eye-popping numbers. Yes, he did throw one touchdown to Isaiah Likely. Um, but, you know, passing, yard- passing yards-wise, he only threw for 133 yards, so nothing too crazy. But he had, he had 12 completions. They went to 10 different players. Yeah, it's kind of insane to think about, right? So, I mean, he really did spread the ball around. I mean, Isaiah Likely, one catch. James Prochet had two. Uh, Josh Oliver, one. Deshaun Jackson, one. Kenny Drake, two. Demarcus Robinson, Justice Hill, Mike Davis, Devin DuVernay, and Patrick Ricard all had a, all had a reception last night. Some of them were more productive with that catch than others, but that is what it is. Just real quick, I saw Mike Davis do a little chip block on uh, whoever was coming off the edge on Ronnie Stanley's side. I think it was Marcus Davenport, and he flattened his ass. Uh, dude, he leveled Marcus Davenport, whoever yeah. it was. Um, maybe we see Mike Davis in more of a, a, a an also like kind of fullback role. Yeah, I mean... The two, like, having uh, Mike Davis and uh, Pat Ricard, that'd be kind of sick. Oh, also, speaking of the Ravens, we've activated Charlie Kohler today. Yeah, I said that earlier. Did you? Yeah. I didn't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's move on to some other games that happened over the weekend. Uh, that was just the the game that happened last night. Obviously, you and I could talk for two and a half hours about just the Ravens alone. Right. And all the moves that they could make, should make, 
make we want them to make haven't made in in the game itself um so we both won at least one of our bets last night on the spread money line because of the Ravens win I had the Falcons upsetting the Chargers and they probably should have except for you know the Falcons forced a fumble recovered it and the defensive lineman just dropped it yeah, like I don't, I don't remember if he had the ball in his left hand or right hand, but he just dropped the ball. Like that hand just stopped working. Chargers got it back. And they ended up kicking a field goal to win the game. The game was tied seventeen to seventeen at the time of that fumble as well. Yeah, um, you know, tough break for the Falcons. That's a team that's really in the division hunt. Um, so you know, tough, tough break for them to have the game end the way they did. They could be five and four right now and leading that division. Yeah. Um. Uh, like Holman alluded to, uh, we both got one pick right. My other pick was the Dolphins at minus four and a half. Um, the Dolphins did win. They beat the Bears, but they won 35-32. to Justin Fields had a just ridiculous game, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, to, just to, just to start, start with the winning team, Tyreek Hill had seven catches for 143 yards and a touchdown. He's going to break the record this year. Tyreek Hill is, is going to break the receiving yards record. He's going that, to. Yeah, that's not going to be an issue. He's already broken the record uh, for the most receiving yards at this point this season. So Tyreek Hill is really just on a complete another level. With having Tua, who I think is a little bit more of an accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes is, he's more of a finesse guy than Patrick Mahomes is just a chunk guy. Uh-huh. But, the, but of course, Patrick Mahomes is, ha, has the big arm. He can bomb it downfield. That's his, that's his MO. Tua is, I'm going to fit this ball into a spot where maybe two other guys in the NFL can. I think the, the closest comparison um, you can make for Tua is a left-handed Drew Brees. Smaller. He's shifty enough that he can get out of harm's way if he needs to. You just have to, he like he's got a decent pocket presence. He can maneuver well in the pocket. Um, very accurate. Not the strongest arm in the league. I would say I would say Tua with a. I would say I would say Tua is a is Drew Brees is a, very, is a really good comparison. Um, I think Tua is a Drew is Drew Brees, Drew Brees with a stronger arm and a lesser full football IQ because there's nobody in the game who's as smart as Drew Brees. Maybe Peyton Manning. Maybe uh, Peyton Manning's probably the only other one. Yeah. Maybe Tom Brady. Those two. Yeah, but uh, that's I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's really it. They're in a class by themselves. Um, but you know, like Holman said, Justin Fields. Holy hell! 123 yards passing and three touchdowns. Uh, two of them went to Cole Komet. One to Darnell Mooney. Yeah, of course. But of the, course, I went to those two. But the storyline: 15 carries. 100 and NFL record 178 yards by a quarterback and one touchdown. Justin Fields is just on one. I talked about it a little bit last week, I believe. It's not close. <laughs> he is the best quarterback from that draft. Two things. So, number one, I dropped Cole Komet. Yes, you did. Because he had not been performing all season long. Yeah, go, fig- go, go figure. Go figure. The first game you drop him. Legitimately, Cole Komet scored more points in this game alone than he did combined for the rest of the season. So yeah. go figure. The one week I drop him, he goes off. I also had Darnell Mooney on my bench. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, that is what it is. Second point. Do you see the interview of... Uh, the Dolphins head coach, Mike... I, I, Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel. We, we at McDonald, Dan McDaniel. Those two confuse the hell out of me. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. 
Um, maybe for like not Ravens fans, like maybe it's not quite so bad. But like as a Ravens fan, like we have McDonald, they have Mike McDaniel, both named Mike. It's too it's too damn confusing. Did you see the interview um, when they were like, "What did you tell uh, Justin Field? Justin Fields on the sideline?" He's like, "I told him to stop scrambling." But he didn't listen, <laughs> which is incredibly rude because he didn't listen. <laughs> right. But he like. It was so monotone, like seriously, gave off like Napoleon Dynamite vibes. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, I'm I'm watching it right now. That 61 yard run, that was insane. I'm just I'm just I'm just watching some of the highlights. I think they're his highlights specifically from this game. I don't know their highlights just in general. Well, he deserves it. Yeah, I mean that 61 yard run, that was just absolutely insane. You know, we talked about again. We talked about it last week. How there's now questions coming in. It, who 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 would you have taken number one? Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields is on another planet right now. He's he's consistently getting better and better and better every single week. And I think if he had, if he had the offensive line that the Jags have or mm-hmm. the receiving core that the Jags have, one of the two, I'm not going to be greedy. <laughs> if he has either or, you know, this Bears team. They look a hell of a lot different. I'll give you a more reasonable argument. Not uh, not that I'm saying like Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence isn't reasonable. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, that's fine. I have no issues with that. Trevor Lawrence was projected, uh, he was, what, rated like the highest rated player since like Andrew Luck. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence if Trevor Lawrence pans out, he he will be a generational type player. Right. When you have somebody like that, you saw him in college. You saw him. He was he was he was just over the top, just really really good in college. Yeah. The San Francisco Forty ers moving up to take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. That's the one that doesn't make sense to me. They literally have a very almost identical play style. The Jets taking Zach Wilson. The Jets taking Zach Wilson. But, like, you're going to give up three first-round picks to take a guy from an FCS school in a run-dominant offense over Justin Fields, who was one of the highest-rated, like, players. Like, he, he, he has the—he played at Ohio State. He's played against Alabama. He's played against Clemson. He's played against the, the better schools yeah. than Trey Lance played in the FCS. You know, I, I agree with you in that aspect, but then again, on the flip side of that— um. So did Dwayne Haskins. So did Carl Jones. I a hundred percent agree. So did um. Who am I forgetting? Cardell J C Barrett. So did Braxton Miller. Oh, I agree. Ohio State has not had a good track record of putting quarterbacks that sustain in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I don't. I mean, I. I mean, when the draft happened. I'm more than positive I even said to you, I think you and I discussed this aspect of it, I even said that I thought Justin Fields should have been number two. I pounded that drum. Two or three. Three was, three was like um, for quarterbacks taken. Like, but then he was almost a fifth. Almost a fifth quarterback taken. Right. Now at this point, people are saying Mac Jones is a bust. Which is the only other guy I could have seen Coming off the season that he had, like you could have made an argument that he should have been the second quarterback taken. But then again, he had people on his. I mean, on the the receivers he was throwing to were all first round talents. You could say the same thing about Joe Burrow. He wasn't good. He popped off one year, but that's because he was throwing to Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Right, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Thaddeus Moss. 
He, I mean, he also had a he had a, had a generational defense playing for him too, and and, and had Clyde Edwards Hilaire behind him, and all the stars just fell in a line. Right. So you could say the same thing on those regards too. Right. Um, but I mean, I've I've always been a big fan of him, not just not just from his Ohio State days, but I was I was a fan of him when he got drafted as the Bears. Um, I mean, I even liked him when he was at Georgia because I knew who he was when he was playing for Georgia. Um, Justin Fields is that guy. He's a damn good ball player, man. Start giving him some respect. Yeah, yes, the Bears are going through some growing pains. No, they're not going to win a lot of games. No. But it's not going to be because of Justin Fields. Yeah. You think they win that game if they have Roquan Smith? No. You don't think Roquan Smith can make up that three-point difference? I doubt it. Okay, just checking it in. Um, moving on to the next game, uh, the Bengals just absolutely beat the living hell out of the Panthers, forty-two to twenty-one. Uh, no, uh, correct yourself. Joe Mixon beat the hell thank out of the you, Panthers. Thank you, thank Joe you. Mixon had five total touchdowns. Yeah, I mean he um just absolutely insane. Twenty-two carries, hundred fifty-three yards, and four touchdowns. That's just on the ground. He also caught Joe Burrow's one passing touchdown. Um. I mean, the Panthers had no business in this game. Well, it looks like they ended up benching P.J. Walker. They did for Baker. Uh, P.J. Walker was 3 of 10 for 9 yards and 2 interceptions. Baker yeah. came in and, and played relatively well. 14 of 20, 155 yards and 2 touchdowns. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got no issues with uh, with uh, coming in. No. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I like P.J. Walker. He was, he was great in the XFL um, when he was there. Uh. That kid can absolutely uncork a football. He's very athletic too. Uh, he's got a lot of upside. He's just a real. He's just got a real raw talent to him. Um, the Panthers. Hey, hey, I, I don't know what everybody wanted out of them. Um, expectations. The Panthers just aren't good. They're just not good. Um, there's 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 really no other way to say it. And they traded away their franchise player. I mean, you know, if you if you look through, uh, so I'm looking at the box score now on their touchdowns, on the Panthers touchdowns that, um, the I'm sorry, the Bengals touchdowns that is, you know, on three of their touchdowns they declined all sides penalties. I did not know that. That's a really weird statistic. On three of their touchdowns, they declined false or all all sides penalties. So the defense had a leg up, and they still scored three times. Think about that. Joe Mixon won this game 35-21. to 21. Right. Think about that. That's insane. That's insane. Next game on the docket. Um, What did we end up picking for this game? What game? Packers at the Lions. Pack. We picked the Pack? Mm-hmm. Well, we got that one wrong. Because the Lions ended up upsetting them 15-9, to nine, which is just a weird score. Yeah, um, it is it is a really re- really weird score. I mean, you know, Green Bay is really down bad right now. They're done. Their season's over. They yeah. lost for Sean Gary. He tore his ACL. Eric Stokes ended up injured. Um, Christian Watson got injured. Uh, I think he left with a concussion. Rubio Dobbs had a uh, high ankle sprain or some sort of ankle sprain. So he's gonna miss some time. You know, I mean, this um, this this team, this Green Bay team, just re- wasn't really built for success here coming into the season. The Aaron Rodgers project is uh, is is over. But I, I kind of want to ask you a question, and this might be a little controversial, but I want to ask you. So Aaron Rodgers did not play 
well mm. versus the Lions. Um, Are you going to insinuate that he was that he's purposely tanking? No. Aaron Rodgers was twenty three of forty three. I was gonna say, wow, that's a bold that's a bold move. <laughs> twenty three of forty three for two hundred ninety one yards. So the mm. yards were there. One touchdown and three interceptions. Had a QBR of twenty five. Mm-hmm. Okay. What two maybe three weeks ago wasn't Aaron Rodgers saying that uh, people's reps need to be cutted if cut if they're not playing well? Are you insinuating to bench Aaron Rodgers? His words, his rules, his laws. Can't you can't you can't say we got to start cutting or we got to start cutting playing time for people if they're making mistakes and they're not putting us in the best position to win. You just threw three interceptions. I think two of them were in the red zone. All I'm saying is those were your rules. Those were your words. It's a little controversial. But do you think maybe maybe we start seeing Jordan Love a few plays a game? It's a little controversial. You know, it's funny because Leroy Butler actually said the same thing. I don't even know who that is. Hall of Fame safety. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he said, um, what? Oh, oh, God. It said Drake discusses great night for Ravens running game, but I'm like, I'm like, what is Aubrey talking about? Focus on your album, but no, it's Kenyon Drake. That does make more sense. That makes more sense. Um, you know, I mean, you know, if the, it. They're so far out of it right now. In order to just get back to 500, they have to win three games. That puts them at three and six. That puts them at six and six. Then they would have to go on. Then they would have to rattle off another four just to put them at 10 and six. Right now, Minnesota's seven and one. They're already not going to win the division. Yeah, they're done. Um, Minnesota has to just absolutely collapse, which I don't see happening. No. And the Packers have to just like flip a switch. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, I mean,. You already have three teams from. You have two two of the teams going to the playoffs coming out of the NFC East, unless the Giants fall apart or the Cowboys fall apart, which I don't see either of that either of those happening, or the Eagles fall apart, which I really don't see happening. Um, the Eagles aren't careful. The pack the Packers, Christ, the Cowboys might mess around and take that division. But you know, you also do have so the so the South could send two teams or the West could send two teams as well. So right now, I mean, the Packers would need. Atlanta to start losing games, San Francisco to start losing games, just in order for them to have a chance. And then even at that, you know, Washington's still sitting there at four and five. Um, you know, I think the pa- the Packers are done, in my opinion. Um, the Packers' only saving grace is the fact that there's a third wild card spot. Yeah, that really is only their. Sa- I mean, I mean that's really the saving grace of every other team in the NF- uh, in the NFC right now. You know. Yes. Uh, with the, with the way that, with the way that the Giants are, the way that. Dallas is, you know, that's really that's really the only saving grace that's coming out of that's um that's in the in the NFC in the AFC as well, but um we're talking about the NFC. Um, you know, ultimately I think uh, I think the Packers are done. Um, depending on how they end up how they end up losing the games, um, I mean, next three games: Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia. That could be three straight losses. They could be three and nine by the end of that stretch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they really could be if they're if they're three and nine. So I ultimately, I think Aaron Rodgers is done this season. You know, I don't think it would be a terrible idea for him to say, okay, well, but he's too proud. 
Yeah, he's he's got way too much pride. Um, he's he's too he's too proud to say, all right, turn it over to Jordan Love and just let him get his lumps and just see what he can do, and then evaluate from there. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're down bad. I I don't know if I I don't know if I would seriously consider benching Aaron Rodgers, but you know, it, it definitely it definitely would come up in conversation. I just think it's a it's a fun topic I mean, to talk it, about it because is. it was his own words yeah. that are now coming back to bite him in the ass. Yeah, I mean I mean you're not wrong. I mean, I mean they just they just don't look good. They really don't. It's kind of the same thing with like Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers just stuck around for one too many years. I think I think Tom Brady did. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think Aaron Rodgers did. Well, the Packers also haven't done much to help. Correct. I mean, I mean, the really the the one big move they ended up making this offseason was trading away his number one target and tr- and drafting a linebacker with it, drafting a linebacker with the pick. Hey, Aaron, I know we just got rid of maybe your best friend and possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL on any given week, on every given year, any given Sunday. Instead, and you're gonna love this, we get you two guys. <laughs> we got you Christian Watson. <laughs> And Romeo Dobbs, you got me. Who? You know, I mean, at, at, like at least Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay—they're still competitive every week. They're not winning games, but I mean, I think that really stems from the fact that they, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that go-to guy. And I mean, you know, AJ Dillon hasn't done shit this year. Um, Aaron Jones hasn't done shit this year. So I mean, you have two—you have two running backs who have been ineffective. The defense has been there, but. You know, when you don't have guys who can catch the ball and move the ball downfield, you know, you can't really expect your quarterback to run for 40 yards every single game when he's 39. You also got rid of a top-tier pass rusher in the NFL in Zadarius Smith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like I said, you know, the defense is still there. They're still performing. Um, now losing Rashawn Gary, that hurts. They still do have Preston Smith. The, the secondary is still pretty good with Jair. They, I mean, they still have Darnell Savage back there. Um, so, I mean, the defense still does have some pieces, but... You know, the Packers are down bad. Yeah, they are. And uh, so are the Colts. Uh, Patriots beat the hell out of them 26-3. to uh, Patriots had nine sacks against that team. Uh, ultimately resulted in the Colts firing their head coach. And, you know, probably the most questionable hiring. Yeah, this one's weird. So, so, this, so of course, this is an interim hiring. Jim Ursay said that it is. That Which is not new to the NFL. Not, not new whatsoever. But the way he went about hiring somebody, this is, this is very, very new. Um, this has been in the works for weeks. Has to be. They'll never admit it, but I think the Col- it is. The Colts ended up naming former All-Pro center Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach. Now, I don't have a problem with that by any means. Because Jeff Saturday was one of the best centers that we've probably ever seen. Yeah. He was so smart. He was so smart. Yeah, but the problem is Jeff Saturday has never coached. In the NFL or college. In the NFL or college. He's currently coaching at a high school. But I will say, I, I've heard a report that Jeff Saturday um, has been a consultant of the Colts for a couple of years. Right. And he was also helping out at, like, uh, like spring, like, Spring training, everything like that, and right, yeah. I mean, I I heard the exact same thing, but you know, it's you know, I mean, there there's plenty of there's plenty of other grown men on that on that coaching staff who could have stepped in in order to coach this team. Could be Matt Ryan. 
You're not gonna play him, <laughs> right? You're gonna, you're gonna say, you know what, Matty Ice? You you're know gonna what? Pay, you gotta pay him anyways. So yeah, why not just pay him to be the coach? We're, we're gonna pay you. Can you just go ahead and coach, just, and we'll just make yourself an actor every every week? Can you just do this. Um, oh, that can't possibly be legal. No, I'd love to see it happen though. No, but I mean, I think the Colts are dead in the water now at this point. Yeah, poor Jonathan Taylor, that poor guy. Also, I'm sorry for drafting him for you. I'm still, I still have a winning record in the league, so it's okay. I tried. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the Colts now turn over to Jeff Saturday to be their head, be the head coach uh, for the rest of the season. They're still sticking with Sam Ellinger, which I do not think is the best idea for them. Um, so now coming up, coming up for the Colts, you know, Vegas, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Dallas. That's a four game stretch for them. That I mean, they, I mean, they could go two and two. Not gonna lie, but Good. any given Sunday, any any given Sunday. But you know, I mean, the schedule's not easy for them to finish out to finish out the season here. Um, they're just down bad. They, know, need, the, they need a quarterback. The Frank Reich experience definitely has failed. Um, next offensive coordinator for the Ravens? No. Okay. God no. I'm just asking. Frank Reich called the offensive plays there. I know. Which is why everyone was confused why they fired the offensive coordinator first. Why'd you fire the offensive coordinator? Why'd you fire me? He caused the plays. I know, it's just the way things gotta go. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, Colts, down bad. And then quite possibly the biggest upset of the week was the Buffalo Bills traveled into MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. New York Jets won 20-17. to you know, the Jets' defense has really just been on another level here lately. Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I mean, Sauce Gardner, he's, you know, he's really he's really that guy. There was a lot of questions around him here after, once he was drafted. Like, oh, can he, like, is he going to be that guy? You know, he played at Cincinnati. Talent level wasn't great, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, 10.5-point dogs, one by three. Yeah, you know, and he, like I mean, you said it multiple times. Any given Sunday, but you know what really, what really did it for the Jets was the way they were able to control the line of scrimmage and really run the hell out of the ball, especially on that last drive when they had to go down and kick that game-winning field goal. Yeah, they controlled the line of scrimmage. They ran the hell out of the ball. I mean, they, I mean, they ate up almost all the time off the clock and gave Josh Allen really no chance to go ahead and. um really do anything yeah Josh Allen just had to uncork one down the field to I believe it was Gabe Davis um Sauce Gardner was in the coverage didn't allow the catch to happen so he did have a he did have a pick um but I mean it doesn't help it's it's tough to win a game when Josh Allen uh goes 18 of 34 granted had 200 yards passing good on him no touchdowns and two picks that doesn't help the calls he did run for 86 yards and two touchdowns so I mean I mean he I mean he was their offense but to be honest, that's the Bills every week. Yeah, and and you know the Jets really did a good job of of really ho- um containing Stephon Diggs through the second half as well. He didn't have a single catch in the second half. Really, five catches, ninety three yards in the first half. You think to yourself, all right, here we go, Stephon Diggs about to start going off. Stephon Diggs had five catches for ninety three yards, but he did have one for forty two yards. Yeah, that he kind of got sauce on. I don't want to say it was really a double move. It's kind of just a hezzy, um, that got sauce to sit. Mm. And then he just went over the top, and Josh Allen dropped it in underneath the safety. So, I mean, he had five for 93, but one was for 42. Yeah, and I mean, he, he, so he sh- had four for 51. He should have had a, he should have had a sixth 
before. That would have gave him at least another 30, but I got called back due to the offensive penalty. Um, oh, well. But, uh, but yeah, the Jets, Jets are looking up. You know, that, t- that you know, I kind of laughed when Robert Sala said, I'm gonna, we're going to start um, taking receipts of what people are saying about us. You know, but that defense is legit. They got five sacks you know, Sunday. The offense, the offense really needs some work. I don't really know if Zach Wilson is going to be their long-term answer. You know, he does make a, some errant throws. It doesn't always look like he's the most polished guy back there. But, you know, he is kind of a developmental guy as well. You know, I mean, he could he could turn it around and he could start surprising people. Everybody said the same thing about Josh Allen after two years also. Also, so. Yeah, that's fair. Was uh, was Elijah Moore, once again, a healthy scratch? Uh, I believe he was. Interesting. Yeah, because he didn't have a single target. What I'm looking at here, so he must have been a, a healthy scratch. But yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, Zach Wilson's the answer when you have a guy like Garrett Wilson, who talented rookie Fair. wide receiver. I mean, even Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is so talented as well. Very talented. You got Denzel Mims, who like he's he's got the talent. He's got the speed. He's got the size. He's he's got the talent. Yeah. We're just where's he been? Right. I mean, you got you got a lot of talent over there. Um. James Robinson is suspected to be just kind of like a half a year rental. Right. He's probably gone after this year. But you still got Michael Carter. You're going to have Brees Hall coming back. A lot of talent on the defense. I mean, at this point, they're just like, hey, Zach Wilson, we're, we're going to win this game as long as you don't lose it for us. Just please don't fuck this up. But, you know, Zach Wilson, he played, he played in co- competition in college that he played against. You know, they weren't, they're not sending guys to the NFL consistently. No, he played at, he played at BYU. They're not sending guys to the NFL very very often, so you know he could get away with just his pure talent, not really knowing a whole lot about the game. But give it time, Zach Wilson could still pan out. I don't know if he will, but that's uh, that's that's the Jets for you. I said Jets for you. We got five more games to go over real quick, so we'll just we'll just pop those out. So uh, real quick, uh, we got the Vikings heading into the nation's capital to take on the Commanders. They ended up winning to twenty seventeen. Um, at the end of the game, a uh, little come behind victory. Commanders looked like they were going to take this one. They were going to steal this one. A little bit of an upset. I didn't. I didn't watch this game, so I don't. I, I did. I, I watched the Bills and uh, the Jets. Yeah, game. this this is this is the game that I watched. I mean, I had Dalvin Cook in my in my starting lineup, so I just wanted to see what he did. He had a nice one handed grab there to take the lead. Um, no, I'm sorry, to tie the game. He had a, he had a very nice one handed catch to take. To uh to tie the game uh there late, um so that really helped the cause even though I still lost but it is what it is, um but yeah Vikings at Vikings approved to seven and one uh Commanders I mean the big news surrounding them here through the weekend was all the names that could be potentially buying the team, um not so much the not so much the game itself, um but go to the Vikings keep their winning ways going now that they have a tough game against the team we were just talking about Buffalo Bills here coming up this weekend. Yeah. Um so you know that'll be a very interesting matchup of um you know will the Vikings continue their ways or will the Bills kind of get back on the back on the track. I think Yeah, we uh, I I'll say that I was getting ready to get into that game but then I decided well, I was like, "Wait, well, we got Friday, we'll do that." Right. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen's facing a bit of an elbow injury too. So. Yeah, so that's something to monitor. Well, um, again, like Holman said, you know, we um, you know, we still have an episode Friday, maybe Saturday morning. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more in depth then. Um, kind of to keep it pushing now. Um, I mean, this is a this this was a sloppy game in general. 
uh, Jags came from behind to beat the Raiders 27-20. to Um the Raiders are bad, dude. Yeah, the Ra- the Raiders are not looking good. I mean, I was kind of I-, I was kind of trying to give Josh McDaniels a little bit of credit, um, but after a game like that, I just really can't. I think he's genuinely gone at the end of the season. I would agree. Uh, I know, I- at the- at this point now, I I would agree. It's funny because you gave him the benefit of the doubt Friday when we, but then now you see this and you're like, yeah, no, you can't, you can't just blow a 17 point lead. You know, I mean, I- I- they were up. I mean, they lost. They lost on the road, so I kind of, I kind of give them a little bit of a pass there. But then again, I mean, this Jaguars team, they haven't been playing very well to begin with. Raiders are zero and five on the on the road. Yeah, that's not good. Like I get on, like trying to play on the road, it's not, it's not easy. But you know, I mean, when you have your star wide receiver go for ten, t- has ten catches, one hundred forty six yards, and two touchdowns, wouldn't you think you just want to keep force feeding him the ball? That would make sense to me. Um, also, I want to go out on another limb here as well. Um, this year, I could see the Raiders taking a quarterback. I think so. At this point, you done added the best receiver in the league, and Derek Carr still can't get it done. I don't know if this is entirely Derek Carr's fault. At this point, it's been eight years. I agree. He got into the playoffs last year in that shit show of a season with their head coach getting fired, Henry Ruggs being arrested. Um, they lost another player on defense. Um, and he still he still got them there, um, and that was a disaster of a season. So I think, honestly, I think this this experiment proves to be more of the fact that Josh McDaniels is incompetent as a head coach more than Derek Carr is incompetent at at the quarterback position. I mean, the whole thing with Derek Carr is like it's proven at this point now. This is what Derek Carr is. I think they might be whoever the, whoever the new regime is that comes in. But if I was the Raiders, fire fire McDaniel's, get him out of there, gone. Sorry, we yeah. tried. You still suck. Um, you had plenty of talent. There's no excuses. Um, trade Derek Carr at the end of the season. Figure it out from there. I would break. It. I would. I would tear it all down and build it back up. Yep. New head coach, new GM. Yep. T- tear it all down, build it back up. Josh Jacobs is gone. He's gonna end up leaving because um, they didn't pick up his option. I think he'll stay. I think. I think they'll. I think they'll pay him just based on what he's doing now. I mean. I mean, the offense is, offensive line is abysmal, and he's number four in the league in rushing. That's fair. So I. I mean. I mean. I think they declined his option to see what he can do, not with the motivation of like, hey, we don't want to keep you, but like, hey, like, look, this is it. Like, see what you can do. We're very interested in keeping you, but not at the fifth year option price. Imagine Josh Jacobs telling them to just go fuck themselves. Eh, he might at the end of the season. That'd be funny. It would be, yeah. Hey, remember you? Remember the time you guys could pick up my fifth year option and you didn't? And yeah, then fuck uh, you. remember the time that uh, I also ended up as the like top five leading rusher in the NFL um, after you guys didn't do that. Remember you? You guys remember that? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Well, That'd be cool. I'd love that. To pivot games, another uh, another team uh, that lost this week that um, whose head coach is probably on the is probably really really on the hot seat now at this point. Oh, I, th- I don't think he really really is. I think he. I think he yeah, is. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, Seattle went into Arizona and they beat the Cardinals thirty one to twenty one. They're one in four at home. The Cardinals are. Yeah, that's really bad. You got to win your home games. You got to win your home games. That's inexcusable. Um, you know, really powered by the rookie Kenneth Walker, twenty six carries, one hundred nine yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, he did all he could. Uh, 175 yards, 
passing, two touchdowns, eight carries on 60 yards. Fun fact, the Cardinals are 0-2 since the new Call of Duties came out. Kyler. Need that claws back, baby. I know. <clears throat> but in all honesty, I know at the beginning of the season, we both said that we really loved what um, what the Ravens did in the draft. I think the Seahawks are turning out to potentially have the best draft. Kenneth Walker being the stud that he is, they drafted two offensive tackles that are playing very well for him, giving yeah. Geno Smith some time. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant's playing really well on one side, and Tariq Woolen, you know, he's number he's tied for second in the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, then they got them back there playing defense. Yeah. The Seahawks had a damn good draft, and these rookies are really contributing to the success. I mean, Tariq Woolen in, 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 in specific, I mean, I mean, he was such a, like, the numbers he put up at the combine and his pro day, how fast he was at the size he, he was. He was a project. It was like people are like, holy hell, this pans out. Well, now he is really giving Ahmad Gardner, Sauce, Sauce Gardner, a um a real run for his money as far as the defensive rookie of the year goes. Yeah, dude. He really is. Devin Lloyd's up there as well for the Jaguars. I yeah. Think. Um but yeah, um the Seahawks, they're um that's six and three. That's not an anomaly. That's a pretty damn good team. Yeah, they're playing they're playing damn good football. That's a that's a damn good team. And then two teams that are not playing good football are the Rams and the Buccaneers. That came came down to a pissing match of sixteen to thirteen. The Buccaneers uh, stole the win there in the fourth quarter. Um, Tom Brady had to do it once again. Had to drive down the field. And it's probably the last time we'll do it. It, it, dude. What were the Rams doing on defense? Like they they didn't they didn't guard the sidelines at all. The Buccaneers literally had no timeouts. I saw Scotty Miller run an out route four straight times. Yeah, they even were like, "All right, all right, we're gonna put Jalen Ramsey over here, so this doesn't happen." Scotty Miller still did it exactly. Like, how are you guys not guarding the sideline? Who you cares? Know, Let them catch it over the middle. You know, I mean, I think this just goes to show that Sean McVay really isn't that good of a coach. In all honesty, I mean, I mean, Super Bowl hangover, you return everybody and you got better. On paper, Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson, you should be killing people. They did lose Von Miller though. Well, very true, but I mean, they were they were doing just fine without Von Miller before he got there. That is that is factual. I I don't know. I think um, I think it's just goes to show that that culture that everyone raves about over there, how it's like relaxed, right? It's it's just so real relaxed over there. I think it goes to show that that's not uh, that's not winning ways in in the NFL. But you know that also does stem from Sean McVay. It's a, yes, 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 yes. You know that that's that's his style of coaching. Very relaxed. Hey. Chill out. Cool. We'll do it. Hey, we're good. We're friends. Hey, everybody's friends here. Yeah. ELE. Yeah, ELE. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> like, like we're like we're all good. No, like that can help. That that they won a Super Bowl. Mission accomplished. That's all good and fine. That's the ultimate goal for everybody. That's the ultimate goal. You bought a Super Bowl. They legitimately bought a Super Bowl. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Hey, got to do it. But now they're they're three and five. Matt Stafford's getting older. Cooper Cup's getting older. They can't run the ball anymore. That's a team that's in need. And they don't have draft picks to do it. And their offensive line is in shambles. And eventually, they're going to run out of money, too. Yeah, there's already been there's already been pushes to have a hard cap in the NFL instead of this like luxury tax league that we're in. There's a hard cap in the NFL. Mm. They're, they're, they're like, I don't know, they got like some sort of like luxury tax over there. That's an, that's an NBA, dude. Oh. Well, maybe the maybe I'm I'm on the yeah, wrong sport. Th- yeah, yeah. There, there is there is a hard cap in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know how they finesse all this money. Then I don't know where they're pulling it from. Backloading contracts. I don't know. Idiots. Signing bonuses. 
Because yeah, that doesn't go in the books. Maybe that's what it is then. Yeah. Maybe they're just giving 30% of the contracts all to signing bonuses. And then uh, this is a game we kind of already touched on a little bit. Um, the Chiefs beat the Titans 20-17. to In overtime, they had to come back and win that one. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 446 yards and a tutty. He also ran for another one and 63 yards. Um, Derrick Henry, 17 carries on 115 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Malik Willis, he just doesn't look ready to throw the ball. Uh, he had 80 yards passing, 48 of them with the Chico Conquo. I was watching some of that game. I watched the Titans receivers drop three well-placed balls. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm sure Malik Willis is able to make those throws and everything like that. But you know, 80, I mean, 80 yards. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how much he ran the ball either. I don't know if it was a lot or not. Or not. But I think what he only he only had like 15 pass attempts. 16, five five yeah. completions for 16 yards. But once again, and then, and then like I'm saying, like I watched. But Robert Woods had two had two um two targets. Uh, Hollister two te- uh two targets. Uh, Westbrook had two targets or Westbrook. But no, Aconquo had three targets. Austin Hooper had three targets. Hassan Haskins had one. Robert Woods had two. Chris Conley had one. Chris Ho- or uh, Hollister had one. Um, Westbrook had one, and uh, Dontrell Hillard had one. Dontrell Hillard also had one catch for negative four yards. So I mean, I mean, the tight. I think the Titans are just another team that aren't that good. Um, the defense is going to keep them in the most games. Um, and of course, having Derrick Henry also helps calls as well. Yeah, sure as hell does. So, um, let's take a look at the standings real quick. Uh, so currently, uh, in the AFC, the Bills are still on top at six and two. They have the tiebreaker over the Kansas City Chiefs, um, who are number two. That are also six and two. Baltimore Ravens are six and three. Um, the New York Jets are also six and three, and so are the Dolphins. Um, so that, uh, hey man, that that AFC East heating up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the AFC is def is definitely the more of the more dominant division that or conference than the uh, than the NFC is, and I think that I think that's definitely going to sh- that's definitely showing here. Um, closer games, more competitive games. Um, you know, I mean, you didn't really see any blowouts this week except for when it was AFC and NFC playing each other. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I mean, a- a- AFC definitely is playing each other playing each other better. Um. But I mean, like, the Ravens won by fourteen, Bengals won by twenty-one. Um, I mean, the Dolphins won by three, but that was close. And the I guess the Chargers won by three also. What, what is happening? What do you mean? I'm trying to look at the playoffs, um, standings for the NFL, and it's 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 on drugs. Well, I, 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 do, I do have the playoff standings up right now. Um, so, the season ended today. The Buffalo Bills will be your number one overall seed. Um, number two will be the Chiefs. They will be hosting the, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Almost at San Diego. Um, they will be hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Same thing. Number three is Baltimore. They will be hosting Miami at the season end of the day. So, that would be give the Ravens a little bit of an opportunity for... Um, some revenge. I can't wait to read you what what ESPN has as their uh, their playoffs over here. Oh God, I can't wait for you to read this. It's ridiculous. I don't know what's going on over here. Okay, it's, it's I can't just wait. Absolutely absurd. Um, 
And then um, your number four seed is looking like it's going to be the Titans right now. They're currently le- leading the division. I don't see any, I don't see them letting go of the division either. Um, and then they would end up playing the uh, the Jets. Um, flip over to the NFC. Eagles are still eight and zero, so they're still they're still number one. Uh, Vikings they're leading their division. They would play San Francisco if the season ended today. Uh, Seattle is number three. They would play number six, the uh, Giants. And the Bucks are number four at four and five. They will play the six and two Dallas Cowboys if the season ended today. All right, so that's the legitimate standings. Those, w- are, those are the, the, the legitimate standings, yes. I want, I want to make that very, very clear before I read this. Okay, so in the AFC, according to this, the Buffalo Bills still have the first round by six and two. Mm. Uh, then we would have the uh, five and four Cincinnati Bengals as the two seed. Awesome. Taking on the... Taking on the seven seed Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Then we got the <laughs> the three seed Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Taking on the six seed three three five and one Indianapolis Colts. And then the three and five Denver Broncos hosting the five and three Tennessee Titans. Yes. I swear to God, that's what's on my screen over here. Maybe ESPN is just dick riding still. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Denver. Doesn't get any better in the NFC either. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, the number one seed, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> You're lying. Happy <laughs> first round by. <laughs> Four, five, six, seven. The chi- three and six Chicago Bears will host the seven and one Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and then the six and two Dallas Cowboys. Will host the three and five Los Angeles Rams, and then the two and six Detroit Lions will host the three and six Green Bay Packers. The eight and O Philadelphia Eagles do not make the playoffs. That has to go in like alphabetical order, dude. I I don't know what's going on over here. But then again, like in the AFC, in the AFC it doesn't because where's Baltimore? Uh, they are. Second to last place, only in front of the Houston Texans. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. I can't make this up. This is legitimately the order of my like teams. Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, Los Angeles Chargers, Jacksonville Jaguars, Baltimore Ravens, and then the Houston Texans. Hmm. And then the NFC, the Falcons, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Lions, the Packers, the Rams, the Vikings, the Saints, the Giants, the Eagles, Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks, Buccaneers, Commanders, Panthers. They just got the Panthers, right? Yeah. <laughs> they got, hey, look, they got the Panthers, they got the Texans, and they got the Bills right. Yeah, at least they got this. This at least they got something. They got three out of thirty-two right. I don't know what's going on over here. Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Sounds like Russell Westbrook shooting the ball. Three of thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you know. But is it? Yeah, kinda. But is it? Oh, sort of. Yes, I don't know what the hell is going on there. Uh. So yeah, man, that's what we got going on in the NFL. That took, that took a while. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we broke it down. We did break it down a little bit. Bust down, Thadiana. Um, we'll move over to college football here. 
And uh, <clears throat> the big game, game of the year last last weekend, mm-hmm. was uh, number one Tennessee heading into Athens, Georgia, to take on number three Georgia. Uh, one team showed up, one team did not. You know, I mean that 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 just that just goes to, goes to show um, how good Georgia actually is. One um, one team looked good, one team played good. That Tennessee well, orange is, yeah. is is a great shade of orange. They um, look good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, typically look good, play good, but you know, I mean, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee's just um, you know, they just have that dog in them. No pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah Georgia won twenty-seven to thirteen. Good on them. Uh, they're, I think they're a shoe in to win the SEC now. Um, at, at least their side of the SEC, and uh, I think I think they're a shoe in for the for the college football playoffs as well. Yeah. Uh, one team that we neither one of us were good. Uh, were were big on. I know I specifically said that they were dog shit last week. Uh, just got the shit kicked out of them by Notre Dame, thirty-five to fourteen, and that was only because Clemson put up fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, number four ranked Clemson lost to unranked Notre Dame. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you and you and I are both not very weren't, weren't very big on Clemson here to begin with. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen a few people do their own projections for for how the college football playoff is going to end ends up panning out um and um you know a few people actually have them dropping out of the top 10 um and you know I I'm, I'm honestly I'm honestly not necessarily against that I think they should drop out of the top 10 yeah uh, another big game was Alabama Going into LSU, number six ranked Alabama against number ten LSU, coming out with a loss. Alabama came out with a loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, LSU just two, just two, three short weeks ago. You know, they weren't they weren't even ranked in the top in the top twenty five. Now they're going to be sitting inside the top ten. Could even be inside the top six. I don't think they will be, but they're definitely sitting inside the top ten after this game for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a team that I was kind of, def- I was kind of d- doing, doing my best to defend. And you're like, well, they're not ranked. So kind of dismissing them, but you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not saying they weren't a good team, but they weren't ranked right but now. Here they are two huge wins against mm-hmm. Ole Miss and Alabama. Here they are coming alive. Um, like I said, it's very hard to win on the road in college football. Yep. We saw it. Tennessee, number one, better ranked team lost to Georgia. Number six, Alabama at LSU, better ranked team, lost to LSU. It's tough to win on the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's that's every sport. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing. You know, it's t- it's tough to win in a home that's not your own. Yeah. Uh, number seven, TCU took on Texas Tech. Uh, TCU huge come from behind victory. Um, outscored Texas Tech twenty one to seven in the fourth quarter to win thirty four to twenty four. 10-point victory, outscored him by 14 in the fourth quarter, come from behind victory. Um, I'm curious to see where they end up in the college football playoff rankings um, after after this, because I think a lot of it is the fact that they, they've had a lot of come from behind victories. So I want to see how the CFP kind of ranks that. Yeah. Um, Oregon, number eight, Oregon taking on one win Colorado. Uh they beat the hell out of them forty nine to ten. That yeah. wasn't a competition and it shouldn't have been a competition. No. 
No, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, after Oregon just got absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think that just goes to show exactly how good Georgia actually is. You know, I mean, they they drummed the hell out of Oregon first game of the season, and you know, Oregon's are all the way back up to number six. Yeah. Um, some big uh some big things going on. Uh, sticking with uh sticking with that conference out there in the Pac-12, USC. Um, hosted California, beat them by six points, forty-one to thirty-five. So that's good for them to kind of keep their hopes alive. Um, and then UCLA went—I don't know why I said it like that. They're went, fine. I was letting do it. Was letting <laughs> do anything. Went into Arizona, beat them fifty to thirty-six. Um, so that's good on them. Pac-12 looking really good over there. Um, yep. Utah hosted Arizona, they beat them forty-five to twenty. That's the big four schools out there in um. In the Pac-12, all four of them getting wins. That's eventually that's the best case scenario for Oregon. Yeah, it's all of these teams playing very, very well to Con- continue con- continuing the win. Yeah, so I mean, when they when when eventually they end up playing each other, which I don't know how many of them Oregon has already played. I know they play they do play Washington Washington here this coming week, um, but so far this season they've played. They beat number twelve BYU when they were still ranked. They beat. They beat UCLA this year, and they still have to play Utah. So they don't play USC. And Oregon State. Yeah, they don't play USC. And Oregon State is currently ranked number 23 in the nation. Yes. Um, we'll see how that one still ends up playing out. But, um, but you know, right now they're on a crash course to actually play USC in the Big, tw- in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Which, um, that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, that'll be a hell of a game. You know, Oregon's defense is pretty good, and their offense is clearly explosive. Yeah, yeah, the off- offense is clearly clearly explosive. Same thing with USC, except their defense is just worse. Yeah, but offense is very good. Caleb Williams is a hell of a quarterback. Lincoln Riley, we all know it, is a very good offensive court or offensive coach. Right. He o- he will always get that side of the ball right. Mm-hmm. We could we could put him at like I I don't even know what what's like a what's like a lesser school. I don't want to say lesser. That sounds rude. Uh, UMass is the worst team in the country. We could put Lincoln Riley at UMass and he'd get it right. Eventually, give them three years. Eventually, yeah, they'd be they'd be playing for a bowl game in three years. Yeah. Um, number twenty four, Texas went into number thirteen, Kansas State, uh, beat them thirty four to twenty seven. That is, um, that's really good for TCU as well because TCU is actually playing them this week. That's another ranked opponent that TCU has to play. Uh, just hoping that they can get that victory against them. That is going to help solidify them into the college football playoffs. Um, they do have this matchup against Texas. I think did Baylor end up moving up to get ranked? They did not. No, not yet. Baylor might move up to be to be ranked. Um, if not, I think TCU will still end up with six six ranked wins. I believe. So according to the top twenty-five, uh, this is just con- this is just going off of other teams getting votes in the top twenty-five. Of course, the CFP hasn't came out yet. Sure. Um, Baylor is currently listed as the thirty-first team in the country. Oh wow! Okay. Behind Cincinnati, Kentucky, Coastal Carolina, Wake Forest, Oklahoma State, and then there's Baylor. Then there's Kansas. Um, so I mean, teams that t- TCU ended up beating, you know, they're all still hanging around there. Um, but they just now they're just trying to break back through into the top twenty-five. Being a three-loss team, when you have teams ahead of you, such as Washington, is tough. UCF, Illinois, Liberty, who's eight and one, um, Tulane, who's eight and one, 
North Carolina, who's eight and one. You know, it's going to be tough to get in. It's going to be tough to get back into the top twenty-five um, when you have teams like that. I mean, you know, Florida State. You know, they're at six and three, but they've had some pretty. They've had some big wins. Kansas State's at six and three. They dropped ten spots, but. They've had some big wins. Notre Dame had a huge win this past this past week. Yep. Texas has played some huge games. They played. I mean, they played Alabama real close. They were. I mean, they were close to. They were the better team for at least three quarters. Being the third team to beat Alabama this year. So, um, think about that. When was the last time we saw a three-loss Alabama team? It's been a while. I could. I couldn't tell you. No, it's been a while for sure. Um, but two other upsets that happened was Michigan State actually upset number sixteen Illinois twenty three to fifteen, and then uh, number eighteen Oklahoma State got upset by Kansas in just a three score game, just an absolute routing of thirty seven to sixteen. Yeah, Kansas has always been known as a basketball school, and you know they're finally um, they're finally on their way up to um, you know being relevant uh, football wise. Yeah. Um. So you know it's definitely uh, definitely good on Kansas. You know thirty seven to sixteen. That's always a that's always a hell of a a hell of a win in college football. Yeah, so let's get into some rankings here. We got uh, according to the AP, we're gonna kind of just go over the top ten because that's, I mean, if we're just being honest, that's really all that matters when yeah. it comes to the college football playoffs. The AP is also the most uh, relevant. <laughs> oh yeah, at the moment, uh, Georgia is number one, Ohio State is two, Michigan is three, TCU is four. All of them are still undefeated at nine and zero. Then at five, Tennessee dropped out. Um, to fifth, like I said, at eight and one, and Oregon is six at eight and one. At seven is seven and two LSU. I kind of rhymed. I'm happy about that. Um, number eight is eight and one USC. Number nine is eight and one UCLA. Number ten is Alabama. Yep, at seven and two. Um, so with that being said, how do you see this? Uh, how do you see this new CFP ranking? So I mean, you and I kind of had this conversation on the phone Sunday. Yep. Um, and you know, before I had before I had an opportunity to really sit down and like think about this, um, you know, I kind of told you what my top four was going to be, but I'm gonna go ahead and back out on that now. Okay. Lock and key, Georgia's one though. Lock and key, Georgia one. Lock and key, Alabama's two. Ohio State. Ohio State, yes, not Alabama. I'm okay. Sorry. All right. I'm yeah. Sorry. I agree. CFP and Alabama are so synonymous. They, they sadly are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Georgia one, Ohio State two. I agree, hundred um, percent. This is where it gets spicy. This is where it gets spicy. I think. Um, I think Tennessee is still going to be three. Okay. Because of the win that Tennessee has over Alabama. And their one loss, and their and yes, considering they do have one loss, but I think that win over Alabama is going to further outweigh their loss to Georgia. Okay. Um, and then you know this number four spot, you know it's a toss up for me. Genuinely, it is. You know, it's a toss up between Michigan and TCU. Okay. Um, so Michigan, of course, is I I ultimately think that Michigan is the better team. Um. You know, Blake Corum's running the hell out of the ball. He's in contention for the Heisman. And their defense has just been out fucking standing. Yeah, they're playing really good defense their over defense there. Their defense is ridiculous. But, you know, on the flip side of that, the best team they've played all year is number 10 Penn State, who they did wax, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, they let Maryland hang around longer than they should have, and that's... I mean, not not trying not trying to say anything bad about Maryland, but you know, 
playing teams like Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn, you know, of course it's going to help you get three wins when you score a hundred and math, 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 math. When you score 166 points and you allow 17 to three games. That's just insanity. You know, so, I mean, your numbers are going to look a hell of a lot better than they are. But then on the flip side of TCU, you know, they have had to come from behind to beat a lot of these teams. And they really are the true Cinderella story here of this season. I mean, yes, their offense is number four in the country. But they have had to, um, you know, they ha- they have fallen behind in a lot of games. Um, you know, they they've led the whole way against Oklahoma. I do know that. Um, I don't know why you had to bring that up. It, I mean, I mean, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> one of the wins. I'm not try- I'm not trying to take a dig at you or anything like that. Or no, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just messing with you. Um, but you know, they had to come from behind against Kansas. Had to come from behind against Oklahoma State. Had to do the same thing against Kansas State. Had to do the same thing against Texas Tech. Yeah, they, I mean, West Virginia. They play West Virginia close. So yes, they do have they do have the four ranked wins, um, which is probably one of the most dominant Octobers in recent memory. For a team, yeah, but you know, it's just a matter of what do you value more? The strengths. I mean, I mean, and now, that, now at this point, you just have, you have to think to yourself, okay, if you look at the teams that the Big Ten that Michigan has played from the Big Ten compared to the teams that the TCU has played from the Big Twelve, which ones are better? Convincing wins over the Big Ten or come from behind wins against the Big Ten or against the Big Twelve? I'm sorry. It's tough. Um, what do you got? What's your final decision here? My final decision is going to be TCU. At four? I, yes. Okay. TC, I think TCU should be number four. I don't think they are the number four team in the country. I think Michigan is better than TCU. Okay. But you think the CFP puts them at four? I, that's what I think is going to happen. Is that who you would put there? That's who I would put there, yes. That's what you think, and that's who you, that's who you would. Yes, just because. So I would I would leave Michigan out, um, because TCU has beaten four ranked teams. Okay, come from behind or not, they're all ranked. There's no right or wrong answer no. here. So then you got Michigan at five, I'd presume. Michigan at five, and then Oregon at six. Yes, Oregon stays at six. LSU at seven. No, I'm not getting any further past six. Okay, I'm just curious. I, 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 to be honest with you, I didn't really give it a whole lot of um thought past that. Um, I'd probably, I probably would put LSU at seven. Okay. Yeah. So, right. uh, so L- LSU is right there. I think USC is also right there. Um, I think a team that's not really getting enough credit is Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is closer than what people think. Um, I think North Carolina is a little bit closer than what people think as well. Not saying, not saying they should be like right there also, but you know, um, those are two, two teams that aren't really getting the the justice that they should, and I think Ole Miss is going to put Ole Miss is going to put on a show and really show us what a three loss Alabama team looks like. That'd be sick. Yeah, uh, that'd be rad. Um, I agree. Georgia and Ohio State at one and two, lock and key. I don't think there's any there's any questions about that. Um, personally, I think Michigan stays home at three. Okay, just staying undefeated, playing in the Big Ten. Um, but I do think Tennessee is at four. Yeah, right, because they're, they're one losses to Georgia. Georgia's beating the piss out of everybody. Yeah. Um, and Tennessee does have that very, very good win over Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got them at four. I think TCU still stays on the outside at five. Mm-hmm. Um, the four ranked wins are very, very impressive. 
four straight ranked wins mm. are very, very impressive. But I think ultimately the, the CFP does look at the fact that they've had to come from behind in four victories. Um, they're not playing with a lead too, too often. Um, whereas like Michigan is, whereas like Tennessee is. Tennessee's a very dominant offense. They had one little hiccup against Georgia, who is a really good defense. I think yeah. they're number one or number two in the nation. They're top five at least. Yeah. At the at the bare minimum, they're top five. Top five defense in the in the nation. Uh-huh. Um and then I agree that you have to have Oregon at six. Uh, because their one hiccup is week one against Georgia. And if we're looking at it, if if you say that loss for Tennessee against Georgia, hey, it's like they lost to Georgia. They lost to the best team in the country. Like, is that really, is that that big of a hiccup? You got to say the same for Oregon. You got to have that same energy. Right. I understand that Tennessee has the win against Alabama. Oregon does not. Um, like, I, let me see here. Let me see who the best ranked uh, win. What I guess it would have been against number nine UCLA. Right. Um, so that's still, that's still a win against a top 10 opponent. Uh, top 10 uh, ranked opponent. It's got to count for something. Oregon stays home at six. Um, and then I agree that LSU should stay home at seven. Um, they've beaten, they've beaten Ole Miss now. They've beaten Alabama now. Um, they deserve it. They deserve to be in that seven spot. So that is one through seven for me, Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, Tennessee at four to round out that CFP there. TCU on the doorstep looking in at five. Oregon stays home at six. LSU stays at home at seven. So really the only thing I have switching for the CFP compared to the AP poll is Tennessee and TCU switch Yeah, at four and five. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean ultimately I do think the TCU is a good team. TCU is a very good team. Um, but I think um, you know, the win that uh, Tennessee had over Alabama, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to beat that. You know, it it really is at this point. You know, I think the only team that can really say, okay, we have the better win is Georgia. Yeah, they beat Tennessee. And, and you know, Georgia also kicked the shit out of <laughs> Oregon, you know. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to – it's tough to justify swapping one of those teams or swapping out Georgia with anybody else. But, you know – they're just in a class of their own right now at this point. Yeah, Georgia's Georgia's clearly the number one team in the country. Yeah, they're, right they're, now they proved it. They're definitely in a class of their own right now. I don't think I said the. I don't think I said that. Well, no, because I said Ohio State's definitely the number two t- country in the team. I think that's what I said last week. Yeah, I think they're definitely number two. I think Georgia's definitely number one. I don't think there's any there's any confusion no, about that. No, yeah, I really I really don't think there is. You know, it's it's definitely um, you know, pretty cut and dry. That uh, Georgia's the best, the the best team in the country. Yeah, that's one and two. This Georgia team might be better than last year. That's scary to think about. Like all, offensively, the team is better. Defensively, I, defensively they had to have taken a step back with losing as many players as they did. But by God, that's a damn good team there. Yeah, that's a that's a really good team there. Um, so let's see. It's it's almost six o'clock now. The uh, I think the rankings are scheduled to come out at like seven. 7.30, somewhere in that area. When we're eating tacos, they'll be, they'll be out. When we're eating tacos, those rankings will be out. Um, so stay tuned for those. It's going to be exciting to see what the CFP uh, thinks. Yep. Um, three, four, and five is where it's going to get spicy. 
Yeah, I think I think one I think one and two for sure are definitely decided. Um, you know, three, four, three, four, five, six, seven. That's where that's where that that's where the interesting stuff comes into play. Just be, I mean, everybody has their own opinion of who should be where. I mean, you and I have varying different varying opinions. Um, I think Tennessee does or TCU deserves to be in. You say otherwise, but that's the beauty of the college football playoff. Is um, and like we said. The CFB, they always get it right. They always get it Ult- right. Ultimately, they do end up getting it right, yes. But I think the AP poll does a very, very good job at ranking uh, these schools as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely gives you an opportunity to see, like, okay, this is how the AP poll sees them. Um, expect the CFP to look like this. It, it's it's typically not far off. No. It gives, it gives you a baseline of how things are going to start playing out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, buddy. This was a lot of fun doing this on a Tuesday. Yes. I think this episode was still a little bit longer than we anticipated. It's still up over the hour and a half mark. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, it does, this, will, this will give us an opportunity to go ahead and talk about... Um, other things Friday. Yep, other things on Friday. Again, you guys have definitely made it very, very well known that you enjoy hearing more about, the fo- about football and everything like that. Um, but, you know, this does give us an opportunity to branch out into, into some other things for us to talk about. Um, you know, you and I are both very knowledgeable when it comes to basketball. I mean, not a lot is going on in baseball right now, like I said, but you know, hockey's going on, uh, world cup starting. So, you know, this is going to give us an opportunity to talk about some different stuff. Um, kind of just branch out, let you guys hear what we have to say. Not that you really care. I know you're just here to really, I know you guys are just really here for the banter, but you know, it's not true. Well, true. Some people legitimately count on us for their sports news. That is very true. Um, I'm sorry, but that is true. That is true. Well, hope you guys had a uh, had a good Monday, good Tuesday. Hope you have a good rest of the week. We'll catch you guys on Friday from Morgantown, West Virginia. So stay tuned for that shit show. <laughs> yep. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.